What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we've got uh, more SEC recruiting moves happening around the conference. We'll give you the latest names committing. Also, ESPN's future power rankings, which teams from the SEC are most set up for success over the next few seasons. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Uh, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Covering your team every day. All right, we got plenty to jump into. Let's do it. Let's go around the conference. Around the conference. And we start in the world of college football with a pretty big headline that came out this week. Bill Hancock, the director of the college football playoff, is stepping down. He's uh, technically the executive director of the college football playoff, but he's kind of been the guy who's been the face of this whole thing. Um, His contract is going to expire in 2025. That's when he will step down. He's 72 years old. He's the only person who's ever served in this role. And look, he's a frequent guest of the show. Every year at SEC Media Days, we get him on, and he's been a tremendous resource. He's a guy that we've talked to a lot about, uh, you know, potential uh, playoff expansion and all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, we're, uh, you know, they got that done, and we're heading – towards college football playoff expansion and more teams and all that. But uh, he was instrumental in the decision to go from the BCS to the college football playoff and then ultimately expand this college football playoff, which it will in 2024. So a tip of the cap to Bill Hancock. Again, he's always been very generous with his time. We've asked him some tough questions throughout the years on um, on you know our show and, and different times we've been able to interview him at SEC Media Days. So tip of the cap to Bill Hancock. Here's hoping he'll be in Nashville in a couple weeks at SEC Media Days, and we'll uh, have him on once again. But he said, my time with the playoff has been a dream come true. I cherish what I do and the folks I get to work with. I do love college football, but now I will be stepping away. So uh, congrats to Bill Hancock, and hopefully we catch up with him very soon. Uh, a few other notes going on around the college football world, and uh, this one on the recruiting front, Dylan Riola, the number one recruit in the country. Of course, the commit going to the Georgia Bulldogs. He announced he's going to play his senior season of high school at Buford High School in Georgia. Uh, he's already enrolled there, according to reports. He's an Arizona native, was going to high school in Phoenix. So he's moving to the state of Georgia to get ready for uh, ultimately playing his college ball in the state of Georgia. So uh, he's uh, he's going to be one of the big-time you know, kids going in there to Buford High School, a roster that's already got a five-star athlete, K.J. Bolden, and uh, chose the Bulldogs over the likes of Ohio State, USC, and others. So uh, kudos to Dylan Riola and his family, all getting situated in Georgia, getting ready for his stint there with the Georgia Bulldogs in the near future. Over at Alabama, Tyler Buckner still competing for that starting job with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Seems like that battle's going to go on through the summer into early fall, but we do know what number he's going to wear. He's going to wear number eight. He announced the news on social media on Wednesday. 
Uh, and of course, he uh, came over via the transfer portal, competing with Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. But when you see a quarterback wearing number eight, know that is Tyler Buckner in there in the mix. Other players who wore number eight in recent years for Alabama, Julio Jones, Josh Jacobs. So some big-time players there. Uh, Buckner wore 12 at Notre Dame, so he'll be going from 12 to number eight. All right, let's get to some recruiting news. Over at Tennessee, they landed another uh, big recruit on Wednesday, picking up a four-star offensive lineman in Max Anderson. He's from Frisco, Texas, had offers from schools like Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Oklahoma, LSU. He's six foot five, 309 pounds, an interior offensive lineman, rated as a four-star O-tackle, the 18th OT in the country, number 201 player overall in the class of 2024. So Josh Heupel and company, they now have uh, 14 commitments, ranked number 11 nationally, climbing ever so closer to creeping into the top 10 there. Uh, quick note on the Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart. We just talked about Dylan Raiola. Well, they are putting together quite a recruiting class that, you know, it's already ranked number one, but just trying to solidify that number one overall ranking. Uh, Quintavious Johnson, a defensive lineman out of Atlanta, committed on Wednesday night to the Georgia Bulldogs. Six foot four, 255 pounds. Uh, the composite has him as a as a three-star, but he is the number uh, 65 player out of Georgia is a number 54 defensive lineman and you know like a lot of these guys when they come into Georgia you wonder you know they start as a three-star do, three-star do they get a little bump up to a four-star in uh, being committed to a program like Georgia but uh, of course uh, big-time recruiting class Georgia already putting together just adding some depth to it over at Kentucky Mark Stoops and company they picked up a commitment on Wednesday from three-star running back to Vonnie Mizell he was committed to Georgia until this past March, when he decommitted, uh, North Carolina and Oklahoma were active in his recruitment. But big pickup there for Mark Stoops in Kentucky. Number 52 overall player, number 42 running back in the country in the class of 2024. He's the number 76 player from the uh, from the state of Florida. So uh, he initially, or Kentucky initially offered him a scholarship back in May. He took a visit to Lexington this past week at Kentucky. They now have seven commitments in the class of 2024, sitting at number 55 in the country. Over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and company, they got a verbal commitment from a cornerback from New Orleans named Bernard Causey. Six foot tall, 160 pounds. Chose the Rebels over offers from Mississippi State, Missouri, Illinois, Colorado, and others. He's a three-star recruit, number 926 overall prospect in the class, number 76 corner. And Ole Miss now has 13 commitments in the class of 2024. Over at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee, he picked up a commitment from three-star wide receiver Dorian Williams. It's Vanderbilt's third wide receiver commit of this class, joining Marquise Bennett and Bryson Coleman. Uh, Six-foot-two, rising senior, and uh, rated the number 109 wide receiver in this upcoming class. In Hoops News, we got the NBA draft going on tonight. Depending on when you're listening to this, Brandon Miller on track to probably be the number two overall pick. That's according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski. Now, there have been some uh, rumors that they may pass on Brandon Miller, may take Scoot Henderson, so we'll see. But Brandon Miller projected to go somewhere at least in the top five tonight in the NBA draft, so we'll see where he ends up going. And a quick note on Alabama basketball, they did pick up um, a name on the recruiting trail on Wednesday evening, Jaron Stevenson, a five-star power forward in uh, the 2024 recruiting class. 
he committed to Alabama and will reclassify to join the program for this season. So he was a 2024 recruit, reclassifying, jumping into the 2023 class. And Jaron Stevenson, five-star power forward, will play for Nate Oates in Alabama this coming year. Uh, one other basketball note, former Kansas guard Chris Johnson requested a release from his national letter of intent earlier this month and reopened his commitment. And he has chosen Eric Musselman and the Arkansas Razorbacks. He is the number 52 overall recruit in the country and uh, from a comes from Houston, Texas and had Texas and Washington as his finalist on his school. But the Razorbacks with an impressive class coming in this year for uh class of 2023 already so congrats to eric musselman and company and a quick other note basket uh, georgia basketball they will open the season uh next season on november 6th against oregon at t-mobile arena in las vegas so that should be a uh, fun one keep an eye on uh, georgia basketball see what they do uh, in the years to come and there you have it it's the latest news going on around the conference when we return we are going to touch on an espn article that we found over the um course of the week they put out uh, the college football future power rankings we're going to touch on some of the sec schools that come in in that uh in that ranking we'll touch on that in just a second but thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day all right coming to you from our friends at bird dogs and bird dogs we tell you all the time their shorts are making you look good this summer they've got the stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg giving you that truly sculpted look. They do the same thing that Lululemon does, but these fit way better, and you are going to love your bird dogs. We all got our hands on some recently, a lot of our Locked On hosts, and we all can't stop talking about how great they, they look, how great they make us feel, and the versatility. Like, you, you need to go for a quick run, you can wear your bird dogs. You want to go on a date or go stop into the office or run errands, whatever it is, wear your bird dogs, take them with you. They are uh, flexible. They're better than regular shorts that are made of that stiff, restricting cotton bird dogs. They've got that cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It is bird dogs. And of course they've got the great special going on right now. If you go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, you'll get that free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for the free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Go check them out today. Bird dogs, we love them. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, rolling along here, Locked On SEC. And again, thank you guys so much for making us your first team, uh, first listen every day. And uh, shout out to our everydayers. Uh, you want to keep coming back and checking us out. Uh, next week, we're going to have some great interviews on the show. You are not going to want to miss. We're going to be uh, bringing you some interviews from the uh, from the. Uh, Manning Passing Academy, and a bunch of other things. So you do not want to miss that. Keep coming back right here on uh, Locked on SEC. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, before we uh, jump into this, I do want to give a, a little background. ESPN had a piece up this week from Adam Rittenberg entitled College Football Future Power Rankings, 
And basically what they did was they've broken down the outlook for quarterbacks, defenses, offenses for the next three seasons. So looking ahead to 2023, 2024, and 2025. And, you know, they used the FPR and all this kind of stuff. And basically they tried to project, all right, what's this going to look like in the years to come for uh, a lot of programs across the uh you know, college football. And of course, they've got a lot of SEC teams in there. So we figured we'd jump into it. First up, they have got the Georgia Bulldogs at number one in their projected power rankings. No surprise there, of course. Georgia coming off that, um, you know, coming off back to back national champions. Uh, championships are going for their third in a row this year. Uh, they've got their 2023 future quarterback ranking at four, their future defense ranking at one, future offense ranking at three, and future team ranking at two. Here's what they say. Coach Kirby Smart has molded Georgia in a college football's preeminent program, and the recruiting is at an all-time high level. It's absolutely ridiculous what they're doing, and then losing guys to the draft, and then kind of you know not rebuilding, just reloading, and they positioned themselves as the nation's preeminent defense, which should continue over the next couple of years. When you talk about losing guys like Jalen Carter and, and all these different pieces, they just keep reloading. And they bring back a lot of guys from last year's team. Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard, Small Munden. I mean, all these different dudes. Jamin Dumas-Johnson, Michael Williams. They're just absolutely loaded again. And you look at their 2024 commitments. They've got you know, Ellis Robinson, Jalen Hayward, Peyton Woodyard. It's just all these stud recruits coming in. So they project Georgia at number one You know, in terms of programs set up for the next three years of college football. Coming in at number two, not a big surprise here. Right behind Georgia Bulldogs, they got the Alabama Crimson Tide. And here's what they say. Alabama slides off the top spot here, but they find themselves only one rung behind Georgia. There are some short-term questions at quarterback with the two, you know, two coordinator changes and all that kind of stuff. But Alabama should remain an annual title contender as long as Nick Saban is on the sidelines. Of course, they brought in two of the top quarterbacks this year in Eli Holstein and, and Dylan Lonergan. Uh, they got Julian Sand committed for next year. So even with Jalen Miller, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Buckner on the on the roster right now, they don't know who the starter is going to be. The future does look bright for Alabama there. And of course, we know the defense. They bring back some star power, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Dallas Turner, but some promising young guys for the future as well. Their recruiting class was headlined by Caleb Downs, Keon Keeley, all these different pieces. So Alabama looking pretty studly. So can't really argue with that if we're looking for, you know, making a bet on teams to be the most successful in college football over the next three seasons. You would start with Georgia and Alabama and go from there. Number three, they've got Ohio State. Number four, they've got Michigan. And right behind them at number five are the LSU Tigers. They say LSU is never far away from a national title run because of its personnel advantages. When you look at the state of Louisiana, it produces so much high-level talent. All LSU has to do is put up that fence around the state, like uh, Coach O used to always talk about. And you you recruit the best in state. You keep all those kids at LSU, and you're going to be just fine. You're going to be able to compete for titles. And you look what Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly did in year one there at LSU, winning the SEC West. The defense under Matt House looks really strong. They've got a national star linebacker in Harold Perkins Jr. They get Mason Smith back on that defensive line who got hurt in the first game of last season. Uh, Makai Wingo comes back, who was so good for them last year. And they've got some good recruits. Javen Toviano is a guy who is turning some heads in the spring. And the big part is they got the quarterback spot figured out. They got Jaden Daniels, and they got a really good viable backup in Garrett Nussmeyer, who sets up to be the future there as well at quarterback. They've got some great uh, tight ends in Mason Taylor. Offensive line looks good with Will Campbell and Emory Jones going into their sophomore year. So LSU can't argue with them 
uh, being in the top five here, coming in at number five in ESPN's college football future power rankings. Behind them, they put USC at number six. They put Clemson at number seven. And let's uh, let's go back to our single shot here because we got on our video. We've got Alabama up there. Uh, Clemson comes in at number seven. Penn State comes in at number eight. And coming in at number nine, how about the Tennessee Volunteers? Here's what Adam Rittenberg says. He says, the excitement of Rocky Top after an 11-2 season, in which the Vols finished six in the polls. It's at all-time high. Josh Heupel's challenge is to, to sustain success in the SEC. Tennessee has not recorded consecutive 10-win seasons since 03 and 04. And last had back-to-back AP top 10 finishes in 98-99. Heupel's offense is always going to give the Vols a chance as they ranked second nationally in scoring during the past two seasons. But what can that defense do? And that's going to be the big thing. Can they continue to recruit well on that defensive side and build momentum and and continue to improve their year in and year out? I like Tennessee sneaking in here into the top 10 in the future of the next three years. It is very promising. Now, what is Joe Milton going to be this year? A lot of people very high on him. It's going to be imperative. He doesn't fall flat on his face. But, again, the future does look bright with Nico Ayamuliava coming in as one of the top quarterbacks in this recruiting cycle. So, Tennessee, they look to be loaded, but, man, focus on that defense. Get that defense back to the old days of flying around, getting after quarterbacks, that, you know, hard-nosed Tennessee defense. If Heupel's able to do that, look out for the Tennessee Volunteers. They are going to be kicking butt and taking names. Coming on down this list, we got Florida State coming at number 10, Oregon at number 11, future SEC opponent Oklahoma at number 12. That one is of note just simply because they're coming to the SEC. So if Oklahoma... Um, is considered a team that's going to be set up for great future success over the next three years. Something to keep an eye on there um, with them coming to the SEC. Utah, they've got it number 13. Notre Dame comes in at number 14. The other future SEC opponent, Texas, the Longhorns, coming in at number 15. Uh, again, Adam Rittenberg, basing this on the FPR, says they're a fascinating study. Look, they've taken care of the quarterback spot. We know they have Arch Manning there for the future. They've got some other great recruits that they've gotten, but consistency is key for the Texas Longhorns. Washington comes in at number 16, TCU at number 17, Kansas State 18, Wisconsin number 19, Iowa number 20, so no other SEC teams there in the top 20. Oregon State 21, South Carolina comes in at number 22 on this list in terms of teams set up for the next several years. He says, even though skeptical of Shane Beamer's hiring at South Carolina new, if he got things going on the field, his recruiting prowess will follow. South Carolina's 15-11 and 11 under Beamer with an AP Top 25 finish last season and some signature wins over Tennessee and Clemson. But Beamer is on that recruiting trail, doing very well, bringing in some big-time recruits. And if he keeps that up, it's going to be fascinating to watch what South Carolina does over these next couple of years. Rounding out the rest of their rankings, they've got UCLA at 23, Pitt at 24, and then coming in at number 25, it's the Ole Miss Rebels. Rittenberger says the final spot in the team rankings is always a difficult choice. There were several teams considered. Ultimately, Ole Miss's personnel clout won the day as Coach Lane Kiffin continues to collect talent through recruiting and the portal. Their offense made the FPR top 20, and the quarterback group narrowly missed the rundown. Ole Miss returns Jackson Dart, who could play through 2024. They brought in Walker Howard. They've got all these different pieces, and they continue to recruit well. Ole Miss could be one of those teams to keep an eye on to make a run in the next three years. So there you have it. That is the that is uh, the CSPN piece on college football future power rankings. 
written by Adam Rittenberg up at ESPN. I encourage you to go check it out. But it's the future power rankings uh, based on the quarterbacks, the defenses, the offenses, who is set up for the most success over the next three years. Again, no surprise, Alabama and Georgia right there at the top of the list. All right, thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we are going to touch on a little bit of the uh, what's been going on in Omaha. Florida sitting in the catbird seat, LSU trying to stay alive. We'll touch on that in just a second. All right, rolling along here, Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. And uh, we need to jump into a little bit of what's been going on in Omaha as LSU and Wake Forest are going to return to the Diamond tonight to determine which team is going to meet Florida this weekend to play for the College World Series championship. LSU staved off elimination for a second time, and now the Tigers are right there knocking on the door with their best player coming to the mound we expect We'll touch on that in just a second. But Cade Beloso hit a go-ahead three-run home run on uh, Wednesday night. Griffin Herring, their freshman, pitched four and two-thirds shutout innings. His longest outing, and LSU forced a uh, forced a second bracket final with the 5-2 to two win over the number one national seed, Wake Forest, on Wednesday night. Earlier on Wednesday, Florida, they played another close one. This one against TCU. Gators were leading the game. They gave up the lead, then scored the go-ahead run and secured the final out at the warning track 407 feet away from home plate. Mikey Henderson, who came in late in the game, helped preserve Florida's 3-2 victory as uh, a pinch runner who later scored the game-winning run uh, for Florida uh, for Mikey Henderson. And it was his play as a center fielder that got the job done and sealed the deal. And so the Florida Gators, they have advanced We will find out tonight, is it going to be Wake Forest or is it going to be LSU? And is it going to be a rematch of that championship series in, I believe it was 2017, between LSU and Florida? In a very similar fashion, LSU had to burn their their ace in the round leading up and weren't able to throw him in the championship series. Now, Paul Skeens, he is the best pitcher in the country. He is going up against Wake, but Wake has thrown their best starter on Thursday night. So if the LSU bats can get going and give Paul Skeens some run support, LSU is going to have a great, great chance to advance. And a few other baseball notes. The SEC, uh, yesterday it was announced the Rawlings Gold Glove Award winners. Jim Jarvis, Alabama shortstop, was awarded along with Enrique Bradfield Jr. Vanderbilt and Dylan Cruz at LSU. The uh, Gold Glove teams were first recognized in 2007 and presented annually to the top defensive players from each division of collegiate and high school baseball. Enrique Bradfield had the most putouts among SEC outfielders without committing an error during the regular season. He had speed. He's tremendous in, in center field and uh, helped Vanderbilt have, you know, some of the best of defense out there in college baseball this year. So um, congrats to Jim Jarvis. He had seven errors in 256 chances, and Dylan Cruz had no errors on 150 chances defensively. So Jim Jarvis at Alabama, Enrique Bradfield at Vandy, and Dylan Cruz at LSU. Congrats to those guys. And a few other baseball nuggets. Mississippi State outfielder Dakota Jordan, he had entered the transfer portal on uh, Tuesday night after a really good year with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Well, by Wednesday morning, he withdrew his name from the portal, according to a report from D1 Baseball. So uh, that's from Kendall Rogers. So good news there for Mississippi State fans, a guy that they thought they might lose is coming back, and Mississippi State really needs to retool some things. So good news for them that they are 
going to be hanging on to Dakota Jordan. And there you have it. This is the latest news going on around the conference. I know it was kind of a hectic show we, we put together today because uh, we got so much going on here. And, again, we'll be at the Manning Passing Academy on Friday, so we're going to bring you some great interviews next week with some of the SEC quarterbacks that are there. So make sure you're subscribed and check it out, Locked on SEC, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. And, again, go subscribe and continue to make us uh, to our everydayers continue to come back every day and check us out. We'll talk to you guys next week right here on Locked on SEC.